Hey everybody, welcome to episode 78 of Weighing In with Andy Hamilton and David Mercatani. I'm Andy Hamilton, coming to you from the National Wrestling Hall of Fame, Dan Gable Museum in downtown Waterloo, Iowa. Sunny Waterloo, Iowa for <laughs> once this spring. Joined on the line by the kingpin of the track wrestling rankings, David Mercatani. Welcome back, David. Good to be with you, Andy. How uh, I don't talk to you as much this time of the year. Normally, you're helping me with rankings. How's life? Everything good? Yeah. It's good to see the sun. Good to see the sunshine. Good to see the temperatures <laughs> up into the 70s for the first time in 2018. Got a chance to get my lawnmower out last night, David. Do some yard work. It was good. Is that the transition from the uh, snowblower to the lawnmower? I... Uh, <laughs> I actually thought about that last night when I put the the <laughs> snowblower in the front of the garage. I'm like, we are done using this thing for 2018, aren't we? There were there were like three or four times where I thought, all right, I'm not going to have to use this again this year, and then I pulled it out like two weeks later. So, uh, yeah, so, I, I hope you can retire it till November or December. So, <laughs> yeah, for sure, for sure, it's time to yeah, get out definitely. and do some yard work, enjoy the sunshine and the weather. Uh, but uh, you're going to a place this week going to be warm no chance of snow out there david las vegas u.s open yeah should be a lot of fun yeah yeah it's, it's gonna be great um you know I, i'm i don't know if i'm gonna sneak that many interviews in I'm, I'm lucky enough to be able to sit in a couple guys corners this weekend that are really good wrestlers um but you know you know me i'll have my camera with me if, if something makes sense i'll try to get it and it's just really cool to be around greatness like that and you know, it being the first sort of stage of the, I guess, triple crown now with this and then the world team trials and then the final X series. Um, there's a lot of good guys that have to go there this weekend to get in. So there's going to be some really great wrestling, you know, for sure. Yeah, absolutely. And we'll take a dive into that here shortly. But, uh, you know, been a news-filled week on the college front. Uh, always is this time of year. There's always uh-huh. something, something happening. But, uh Ben Askren to Wisconsin, the regional training center, Badger Regional Training Center. Uh, big news on Monday for Nebraska, picking up Peyton Robb, who is getting out of his letter of intent to South Dakota State. He's going to go to Nebraska instead, and also the Huskers picked up a transfer, All-American Zeke Moisey coming in from West Virginia. So it's been a pretty good run here for Nebraska with the way that the season wrapped up and then uh, picking up a couple wrestlers of that caliber here late puts Nebraska in a pretty good spot going forward next year and beyond. I think it probably helps, you know, and I'm going to call him like your guy, but you follow those Iowa kids. It may help Alex Thompson because it sure felt like he was going to need to start there. And, and maybe now he gets the benefit of red shirting. And it, it's ironic when we get into this, the number 16, which we were going to dig into today anyways, Nebraska, so we can, you know, we can talk about lineups. But, yeah, Ben to the Wisconsin RTC is a big move. The Peyton Rob thing, it's interesting how coaches move, and obviously we won't really know how this Peyton Rob thing, you know, shakes out for four or five years, but on, on paper it really, really helps Nebraska, right? Yeah. Yep, absolutely. And I, I wondered if, you know, Damian Hahn would be able to salvage that when he came in. And that, that was like one of my first thoughts when Chris Bono took the Wisconsin job. What does this mean for Peyton Robb and Alex Lloyd? Uh, you know, guys that uh, 
you know, probably 4957, 495765, somewhere in there. And you look at uh, the Wisconsin roster, they're, they're in pretty good shape there with uh, what they have on board with the Wicks um, at those weight classes. And so uh, didn't seem like a uh, natural fit for either guy at Wisconsin um, on the surface. But uh, uh, th- then you wondered with Han getting the job, uh, at South Dakota State, a, a guy that has strong ties to Minnesota and, you know, the guys at Pinnacle. You know, him and Jared Lawrence yeah. were teammates. And, uh, you know, I, I thought that uh, maybe uh, Damian would be able to uh, preserve that uh, relationship there with Peyton Robb, Alex Lloyd, uh, Reigns be seen. Uh, you know, I haven't heard yet what uh, Alex Lloyd's plans are, but uh, uh, certainly a, a big get for Nebraska this late in the process. There just aren't a lot of guys like uh, Peyton Rob floating around out there at this, this point of the spring, you know, yeah. that, uh, yeah. come in and help anytime, with, but yeah. especially this time. Yeah. And they, you know, they probably got them at a discount the first year. Cause there's not a lot of schools got a lot of money left. So yeah, it's, it's, it's a huge get for them. If they had gotten them in the fall when everybody else had, it would have been a, a really big get. I, I think it becomes even bigger now. Like you're saying, you know, and the Zeke Moisey one is sneaky good too. I mean, he's an all American, two time all American was a finalist and you know, that actually kind of is a, a domino because you know, the Sean Russell asked for his release. So maybe now he ends up at West Virginia with Tim Flynn, you know, which, you know, cause now there's a hole there. So, I mean, those, those two things kind of go hand in hand. And, you know, Nebraska had a really good tournament after kind of an up-and-down uh, regular season. But they really they, – they, they got it going at the Big Tens, and they really wrestled well at Nationals, and um, they're, they're building on that. And, I, I, you know, what they're doing in, in the freestyle season has to be helping with recruiting, you know, with Burroughs and Green and Maple and those kind of guys. And I think they've figured out a better way to market that where, you know, where, where it's helping recruiting. And, and at the end of the day, recruiting's the lifeblood of any program, good, bad, or ugly. Well, yeah, you, you mentioned it. I mean, I think not just recruiting, but it's your, your club too, right? It's your post-grads. Mm-hmm. Um, those are, those to me, I think are the, are the linchpins of, of programs these days. You talk about uh, facilities being so important in college football and, um, you know, kind of being the the lifeblood of a program, and but in uh, college wrestling, it's all about uh, who you got in your post grad club, and that's that's what's uh, really important to guys. And you know, they want to see the top level recruits. Want to see guys that are making world teams, going off, winning world and Olympic medals. And uh, Nebraska's got that rolling right now with Burroughs and Green, and as you mentioned, Maple coming on board there, uh, Don Bradley as well. So. Uh, yeah, uh, big big time gets uh, for Nebraska late. Um, you know, we mentioned uh, the Open, David, and uh, Burrow's not going to have to wrestle there. Green is not going to have to wrestle there uh, by virtue of winning the, you know, Jordan winning the world uh, title last year in Paris and James uh, being in the finals, being a world silver medalist. But uh, nonetheless, Vegas is going to be loaded with. Uh, some top talent, as you mentioned earlier. I mean, Steber is going to be there. Kyle Dake, David Taylor, Jaden Cox. Uh, those are a few of the headliners. Certainly, there are going to be some weight classes that are going to be hotly contested there. 
when you look forward to what you're going to see this weekend at South Point in Vegas, what is the first thing that comes to your mind? It may sound weird, but just how deep 61 kilograms is. Yeah. Um, I was at a practice last week and Alan Waters was there. So, you know, it's, you know, you see a guy and, you know, it's automatically, they become the forefront of your mind and the pre-seeds come out and Alan is the 11 seed. Yeah. I mean, th- that way it's insane. I mean, there's like five national champions in that weight class, you know, Joe, and, and the guys that didn't win it, like Joe Colon and Morrison are the top two seeds, Brandon Wright, who, you know, never won a D one title is the four seed. And then in between you got Garrett Brewer, you know, Graf, who was a runner up, but gross Megalutis, Corey Clark. I mean, that weight's ridiculous. And maybe I'm crazy. I'm super intrigued to what's going to happen at 125 with Gable Stevenson. If the preseeds hold, he wrestles Adam Kuhn in the quarters and the winner would get Dom. And then Jake Varner's the three seed at 125. And I think people have kind of forgotten about him. You know, Penn State's notoriously tight-lipped for what's going on out there. But, I mean, did, did it shock you to see Varner on this list? Because I was really surprised. Uh, yes. Yes and no. I thought we would see him at 125 kilos at some point. I just, you know, almost wondered if that ship had sailed when we didn't see him here like a year ago. I thought eventually after, what, what 2015, I thought he would he would make one more run at it at 125. It's going to be fun to watch him there, isn't it? Yeah, him and Tony Nelson are a 3-6 quarter, you know, quarterfinal hit. I mean, it, yeah, and Gable Stevenson, Adam Kuhn is fascinating as as well. I mean, the quarterfinal matches at that weight are crazy. I mean, Zane Richards, Tony Ramos would be a quarterfinal. I mean, I know I'm jumping around weights here, but... Um, well, how about Daniel uh, DeShazer? How about Go ahead. Clark and Megalutus is around a sixteen? <laughs> yeah, time yeah. Americans Seth Crowstar uh, Danes is around a sixteen, and Tyler Graf, Alan Waters is around a sixteen. Yep. Yeah, and Dardanes Dean Heil is around a sixteen at sixty-five kilos. Wow! I mean, it's it's crazy some of these weight classes. So, I mean, if you kind of go through to where you think guys will be in the finals at the seeds hold. Kyle Dake, Deeringer. I mean, Kyle Dake is killing everybody, and Deeringer has been killing everybody. And I think that will be a pretty close match. It's been close. I mean, Dake's always won it, but it's been close. So that's kind of fascinating. Steber obviously works out with McKenna. That's really interesting. John Morrison's actually a buddy of mine, and he had a great tournament a couple months ago up at the Farrell, put himself in a great position in this bracket. Um, it'd be interesting to see if, uh, Dayton fix gets slapped by Daniel DeShazer. Uh, but you know, seriously, there's a changing, a possible changing of the guard there with fix against Ramos if those seeds hold. And, you know, then obviously like a Spencer Lee and those guys get added at the next stage and the winner, you know, all files out to Gilman. But I mean, this is a match where like, like Matthew Kolasic, who will probably be the preseason number one at 149, unless Yanni moves up is seated 10th like that just tells you how good this tournament is like it's a absolute joy to i mean backside matches are between national champions wrestling each other it's just it's crazy good give me david i'm gonna throw a curveball at you six seed or okay. below six seed or below 
most likely in your mind to win the title this weekend? Six seed or below. Uh, Tyler Graff. It's a pretty good gamble. And there, I, I I, it's weird saying that because I'm friends with Nation and I'm friends with John, and they're on. They're all on the same side. So it's got nothing to do with that. But he just seems to make the finals of a lot of tournaments. You know, I mean, and you're, you're kind of looking for a guy that's, that's gotten there. So, I mean, but, you know, like, if you said five-seed or below, maybe I'd say Cody Brewer. Yeah. I mean, I know he's going to score the most points in the tournament. We know that for sure. You know, so, I mean, maybe, you know, I don't, I don't know. I don't know who else would be five or six seeds at some of these weights. Well, there aren't even, um, yeah, there aren't even, right, on the pre-seed list at some weights. Yeah. Dylan Ness is guaranteed to upset somebody above him. If you, if you said who's going to pull an upset as a seven seed, I guarantee you he'll beat somebody he's not supposed to, you know, on paper. So I think 61 kilos is your, you know, your earbuds or your snow globe comparison where you just throw them all in and shake them up and it could come out a bunch of different ways. I mean, Nico Megalutis is the eight seed. I mean, what a terrible! If you're Joe Cologne, you get the winner of Megalutis Clark, like you said. Like, what kind of bargain is that? You're going to get a national champion in the quarterfinals. I mean, mm-hmm. it's awful. So, I mean, it's just going to be so fun to watch, man. Like, just and some of the junior weights are absolutely loaded to the gills too, like 70 kilos. I mean, a couple of the weights where we have guys wrestling, it's just. The entry list is just really, really good. So, I mean, we'll have a ton to talk about next week for sure, right? Yeah, absolutely. Anything else you want to hit on the Open before we move over, move on? I don't know if it's tied to the Open, but congratulations to Kyle Snyder for winning the Sullivan Award. I mean, you would, you're a better historian of this. He's either the third or fourth wrestler to ever win that award, right? Nick Corey wrote a piece for us here that's up on track wrestling. And uh, he wrote about how Snyder is the fourth wrestler ever. Uh, The award has been around for 88 years. The first 60 years, there were no wrestlers who won the award. The last 28, there have been four. So we are on a pretty good run here. I mean, you go from zero and 60 to one every seven now. It's uh, been a a nice turnaround. Snyder's, as I mentioned, Snyder's the fourth. yeah, you look at some of the winners on that list too. You know, Peyton Manning, Tim Tebow, um, you know, Ezekiel Elliott, some high profile football players on that list. Uh Snyder, I mentioned the fourth, follows John Smith in nineteen ninety, Bruce Baumgartner in ninety five, Rulon Gardner in two thousand. So uh congrats to Kyle on that. Yeah. Significant, man. And it's just great for the sport of wrestling. More positive publicity, which is Great. Well, David, anything else relating to uh, Vegas and in the Open and you know UWW juniors before we? No, I, I, no, just I'm interested in the format, like seeing how this shakes out, and then um, the Rochester, you know, and then the final exits. I give you know I had Cody Bickley on with Xander Schultz a while back. I give those guys credit for there'd be a lot of us who would say, hey you guys won the world championship. Don't change a thing. And, you know, they're trying to make it better, trying to get more money to the guys, 
which I think is great and rewarding guys that have had success at the world level. And so, you know, I don't know how great it's going to go. It's kind of a bummer. Um, you know, and I said this to, to Bickley, like the trip to Nebraska was one of the greatest weekends of my life to watch wrestling. And, you know, now it's not going to be like that, but it, it may end up making the team better. And that's, you know, that's really interesting. So it, it's, um, you know, kudos to USA wrestling for at least, you know, still continuing to chase greatness for sure. Yeah. I, I think it's good. Right. I mean that, uh, you know, let's try some stuff. Let's see what, uh, what we can do to increase the fan following. We've talked about that at, at length on this podcast in, in weeks and months past, you know, just that, uh, for whatever reason, uh, the international circuit, you know, the postgrads don't get the same following that, that, uh, even like, you know, some high school tournaments get, um, right. And, and that's mind boggling to me. And how, how do we fix that? I mean, this, this is, I think is a worthwhile, uh, roll of the dice here. Um, I, I, I don't know about the name final X. I'm not real wild about the name file final X. I don't know what was wrong with world team trials. I think it's something that people already know and they can identify with. I mean, you, you think about that title in other sports, you know, you know, it's important when, when world team yeah. is on the line or Olympic team trials, I think people for a long time wondered, you know, is it final you know, is it final 10? Is it final X? What do we call it? What is, you know, what does final X mean? Um, yeah. Whatever. I thought it was final 10 because there were 10 weights yeah. for a long time till, till Bickley corrected me. Yeah. So, so, so yeah, um, with you. I, I, I think it's just, you know, maybe trying to get a little bit too fancy, but that's, that's my own personal opinion. I don't know. I don't know how others feel, but, uh, um, but nonetheless, I, I do think, uh, I think it'll be interesting to see what, what kind of turnout we get in three markets. I know that, you know, it's, it's not, uh, you know, I, I, I don't know that there is a perfect scenario for it. Um, but let's see, let's see what happens. I'm willing to give it a shot and, uh, see where we are here at the end of June, what the team looks like, what the attendance figures look like, what the athletes think, what the coaches think. Um, let's see what happens. But, uh, yeah. Anyway, David, uh, we got some. Uh, need to give a quick plug to some of the stuff we got going on track wrestling. We got the Western Regional um, this week, starting Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, and Saturday out there in Vegas as well. Going to be some top high school talent competing in that. We had uh, the Cadet Pan Am Trials this past weekend on track wrestling as well. You remember Steve O? Remember the internet sensation Steve-O back yeah. uh, seven, eight years ago? Uh, he, I saw the highlights in this last weekend, yeah. Yep, he won freestyle. He's a freshman now out in New York, state champ, won the freestyle division, and then uh, had to win a true second-place match uh, in Greco uh, Saturday afternoon to uh, secure a spot on the team. It'll be interesting. I don't think it's completely settled who's going to go to Guatemala on that cadet Pan Am team, but, uh, he certainly, he finished the tournament with the most points at that weight class. So he might be in the mix there. Some also, uh, uh, some, some top talent, uh, there as well. Carson Manville, Bo Bartlett, uh, Wyoming seminary teammates, uh, two of the top underclassmen in the country, Braxton Amos from West Virginia, uh, four time Fargo champ. He ran through the tournament, won both freestyle and Greco at 92 kilos, uh, so there's some really impressive 
performances there. Stuff to keep an eye on here on the here and now in the next couple weeks. Uh, European Championships coming up and Pan Am Championships as well. That uh, Pan Am team for the United States will be getting released here shortly. So keep your eyes peeled for that too, David. So, well, uh, we did a rundown of the top five teams for returning points at the NCAA D1 level last week. Ran out of time before we could get to six through 10, but uh, you have taken on this project, David, just to take a look at who has what returning. So I'm going to have to hand it yeah. back over to you for six through 10. So number six is Nebraska with 46 returning points. And then you add to that Zeke Moisey, um, my notes before this weekend were Alex Thompson, but, you know, it looks like he made red shirt. Jay Renneria obviously didn't make weight. And then Mike, Mikey Labriola had an unbelievably good uh, red shirt year, beat all Americans. Um, you know, he's a guy that was a huge recruit and seems to have developed. So, you know, he's a guy that's going to be an impact guy at 174, especially if Zahid moves up, you know, it's one spot you know, closer to the top. So they feel like a team, I mean, if you had Moisey's points and you had Labriola and you just said they both take six, six, excuse me, then that's 10 more points, 10 more points. That gets them to 66 points, give or take. Uh, you know, I mean, I know we're both fans of what Mark Manning's doing over there. I mean, th- this feels like maybe a, the beginning of a sustained stay in in the top 10, especially with picking up Rob, like you're saying, I mean, what are your thoughts on that? Yeah, it was weird, really weird. Just not seeing Nebraska in the top 10 throughout the regular season. Right. I mean, they've, they've yeah. kind of established themselves as a team that's always going to be, or, or at least here for the last four or five years, seemingly has been right there. But I mean, they've, they've just been, you know, a steady top 10 program. And, uh, to me, it was more of an anomaly that they weren't in there this this year. And then, what do you know? They find a way to put it together out in Cleveland and have you know had a great tournament out there for for what for the way that they had competed all year. Um, Tyler Berger had an up and down season. Comes back, finishes third at 157 pounds. David, if you would have said um, this time a year ago that Tyler Berger would finish third at 157, nobody would have been surprised. But uh, if you would have, yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. said that two months ago. Probably wasn't looking real good for him at that point with the season that he had up to that point. But uh, he turns it around. Chad Red, a guy with – same thing. You go back to this time a year ago, if you would have said Chad Red being All-American, well, yeah, I mean, you can see that, right? I mean, he's got tremendous upside. and But he gets thrown in that quad that was really tough. I think Zacherl was in there. I think uh, Mason Smith and Tommy Thorne, if I'm not mistaken, were the four guys. He had a, a tremendous comeback uh, the way he finished his season. And then Vans at 184 had a really strong tournament as well. But uh, nothing that Nebraska did in Cleveland to me was was all that shocking based on what, what, we, expected them, what we expected them to do from months out. It just – just wasn't heading in that direction, though, based on the regular they, season. They all, those guys hit their peaks. Like Taylor Venz at one point was ranked really high, and he wrestled to that. You know, like you said, at 57, you know, Berger was ranked really high, and he wrestled to that. They also got a truckload of bonus points. Like Venz scored a ton of points. I was actually talking to Mark Manning about that, and I, I told him, that. he goes, I didn't even know that. I'm going to get, he goes, 
I talked to him about it the day of their banquet because I think they were going to come up with an award for Ben's. I think he scored, he may have scored the most bonus points at Nationals. I mean, obviously, Spencer Lee scored the most points, but the most bonus points. So, um, yeah, I mean, they're, they're, they're doing a great job. So it, it'll be, you know, I, it feels like, and they're young. And I think they lose Berger next year, but they got a lot of talent. Um, Cornell is next. And besides bringing back those hammers, they bring, they bring in Noah Boffman and Vito Rougeau. Vito Rougeau, you know, I'm sure we'll talk about him. Like, is he a 25? Is he a 33? That's kind of the mysterious thing. I think he's wrestling 61 kilos this weekend, which is 134. And then, you know, they have Freddie Stroker over there who only had a half a season. You know, and then they have a guy like Darmstead who took seventh, which, depending on how you look at it, is really impressive as a freshman or really disappointing because, you know, he was ranked high and was seated, you know, really high at nationals. So they feel like another team that could, could actually score more points than they did this year. Yeah, indeed. And uh, they're kind of like uh, Nebraska in a sense that, you know, we're, we're so accustomed to seeing them in the top ten. It was really strange not to see them up there for most of the season. And then, uh, you know, with Yanni having the, the title run there, and, and as you mentioned, Darmstad, uh, John J. Chavez having a tremendous tournament at 165. Uh, I don't think a lot of people, you know, what we, I don't know that we ever really talked about John J. Chavez all year, did we? You know, we were kind of I, wrapped, I did not say his name once. Kind of wrapped season. up in uh, about 15 other guys at 165. And then uh, what do you know? He uh, finds a way to, get on the stand there he had, he had to beat uh uh andrew fogarty drew daniels isaiah white on the back after losing to imar in the second round but uh you know pretty good run for him out in cleveland to finish seventh uh win over chandler rogers in the match for seventh so uh yeah i think i i also think with cornell i mean one one guy to watch is uh brandon womack an all-american in 2017 that uh uh, probably I think if you're a Cornell fan would say that you, you expected more out of him this year, but, uh, finished 17 and 11 went 0 and two at the NCAA championships was in an overtime match with Bo Jordan in round one and then got clipped on the backside, uh, to go 0 and two. But, uh, yeah, such a, such a good nucleus of young talent. I, I don't know that, that maybe Cornell has ever had, three guys that have scored as many points as freshmen as Max Dean, Yanni and, and Ben Darmstadt. So that's good foundation for the program for, you know, three years to come here. And then you, you throw in, uh, as you mentioned, Vito, uh, coming, coming in and then some, uh, roles as well. Some guys stepping into supporting roles there that, uh, you know, that, that's a team that, uh, could make that next step up into trophy contention next year. Yeah, the Womack observation is, is, is very well done. I agree completely. He was a guy that, you know, once those guys have been on the podium, you tend to have more confidence in them for sure. So number eight, nine, and 10 are all really close, like a point apart. Number eight is uh, North Carolina State. Obviously, they had a, a big run this year, but they lose points. They lose Kevin Jack. They lose Machiavello. Um, I think I'm trying to think right now, but I think they lose, you know, a couple, maybe one or two other guys. But They've got Trombley, they've got Josiah Ryder, they've got Nick Nick Renan, and they've got the other Hydley. Um, so, you know, and you know, they've got 
you know, I don't know if Sean Fawes can make 25 again, but they have a guy that was a top five, top six ranked guy who didn't do that, you know, and then, then they obviously have a couple of Americans back, but what's really weird is like, when you talk about, like you said this, you, you said it brilliantly. And I think I've used this phrase four times with my friends that when people are recruiting, they're selling hope or they're selling results. And almost all these programs, the ones we're talking about, obviously have had results. And then they were like, Oh, well, this other program is really good. Well, they're going to, I mean, like nobody was saying Cornell was going to be in the top 10 all year. And there they are right where they always are in the top 10 and North Carolina state feels like they built something where they're going to be there for a while. Um, you know, they've got a style, they've got a program. I had, you know, Pat's brother, Frank on the podcast this week, you know, they're doing big things and this feels like a program. I mean, they're going to definitely take a step back from scoring 90 points, but I mean, I don't think they're going to fall back to like 20 or 30 when they're returning 38 and a half. And they got these guys, you know, ready to come off the sidelines for them. Yeah. I think, I think now is probably worthwhile time to make mention of talk about staying power, David. Um, Pat Papalizio, seven-year contract extension through 2025, announced last week. You probably wouldn't have thought of NC State a decade ago as as a destination job, a job where one of the you know the the hot young coaching prospects in the country would want to stay uh, for an extended period of time. But I think that speaks volumes to what he and his staff and uh, administration down there have done, the commitment that they've made to wrestling. And you're seeing it in recruiting. They're, they're bringing in a lot of bodies, a lot of nationally ranked prospects. And, and you know, they're also finding guys that uh, maybe are a little bit under the radar a little bit. I'd, I hadn't heard a, a whole lot about Tariq Wilson prior to his arrival there. And, and even up through, through the regular season, there were, I mean, maybe some flashes here and there of a guy that could do some things, but uh, the run that he had in Cleveland was phenomenal. And and you're looking at a guy there that uh, he's around for three more years. Uh, so there's some there's some building blocks there. I mean, you mentioned Renan stepping back in. They'll, they'll lose Pete Renda. Uh, you did, um, we didn't mention him, but uh, uh, that, that that's another big loss for them. But uh, kind of feels like NC State's going to be around for a while. Yeah, and Renda's like Heil. He's a great wrestler, but didn't score a lot of points at Nationals this year. But you're absolutely right. You know, Tariq Wilson was special. And, I mean, he was probably one one ele- elevating the leg away from being in the National Finals. I mean, it's, it's very rare you score four or five takedowns in a match, and the other guy scores one, and you have to go in overtime, and then you get beat. I mean, that, that was a unique, unique match. So... Next team is Arizona State, and, you know, we know who they bring back, you know, both the Valencias, and, um, you know, they also get back. They don't really lose a lot at 49 because they had that wrestle off and Certs is one, but, you know, they've got, you know, they've got depth there at that weight. So when you combine that, you know, with how good Zahid is where he's going to be, you know, obviously tested by a Penn State guy, whether he's at 74 or 84, but would be ranked one at 74 and probably 1A or 1B at 84. And then you add, you know, Brandon Courtney into the mix. And then I don't, I guess they're going to redshirt to Corey Teamer, um, but he's a big time recruit. It feels like Zeke and company got things cooking out there as well. Yeah, I think uh, good, solid young roster. Uh, 
One guy that uh, I, I'm really eager to see what he does here in the next year is Cordell Norfleet. Uh, wrestled this this year as a true freshman, won the Pac-12. You keep him in that room another year over the summer with Zahid, with Chris Pendleton, rolling around with those guys and some of the other big guys that they have in that room. What what do we see from Cordell Norfleet when we get to the starting gate in November for this season? Because, you, you know, you remember, uh, I, th- I think it was uh, Dom Abinader, Norfleet was up, what, 4-1 early in the match on him, if I'm not mistaken? Yeah, to take two – and made him look kind of silly on the first two takedowns and then got reversed to his back. And, you know, that was kind of the end of it for the match. But, yeah, super, super high ceiling kind of guy. Yeah, right? yeah. there's there's a lot of potential there that uh, if he can get it unlocked, if he can improve in a, in a couple positions, uh, you're going to see him take a big step forward as a sophomore for the Sun Devils. And that's kind of what they need. They need some guys like that that uh, uh, make the move onto the stand Anthony Valencia going into year three in the lineup, a lot of upside there as well, but, um, you know, just hasn't been able to completely put it together in, in uh, some of those really big matches. I mean, him and, uh, him and Chandler Rogers had a, had a shootout there on the backside in Cleveland, a phenomenal match there. Uh, Rogers won 10, eight, something like that. I think, yeah. uh, yeah. Third round of consolations that uh, could have kept his tournament going and maybe put him uh, in contention to make the stand there. But um, yeah, they're gonna they're gonna need some guys like that. You mentioned uh, 149, Josh Maruka coming back. It's it's a pretty solid lineup one through ten, especially when you uh, you add Brandon Courtney into the mix at uh, 33. If they can uh, uh, solve a couple other weight classes, 41, ni- um, 97 come to mind. They also have two guys that have previously All-American that scored very few points for him this past season in Tanner Hall and then Ryan Milhoff. So if you say those two guys, you certainly know can be on the podium. You have to think that Anthony Valencia is going to get on the podium. And then, you know, you add a, the Maruka Shields combination where one of them had to come from behind and, and score late to make the podium. And the other one lost a riding time wrestle off to, you know, multiple time All-American. You know, if everything breaks right for them, they can have six, seven All-Americans for sure. The, the number 10 team, we could probably, I think it's a perfect one to end on, Oklahoma State. They have such depth. I mean, you have Piccinini who placed as a freshman and then didn't place this year. You have Kate Brock who placed twice. And then you add into that mix, you know, Dayton Fix is going to be in there somewhere. Then if you say, oh, well, maybe Cade will move up, okay, and Dean Hiles out. Well, you have Caden Gefeller there. You have Boo Wallen, who's really a natural 41. And then you have Boo, who will be a top three or four preseason ranked guy at 49. The rumor was he was behind Gio Martinez, who got hurt. So you have six guys there. The, the prevailing wisdom to us on the outside is, well, move Gio up to 57 because I don't think Joe Smith can make 57, but if Joe could, they'd be nails there. They have Chandler Rogers back an all American at 65. Jacoby Smith who's an all American at 74. Joe's probably going to slide into one of those two slots. So one of those or both those guys move up. Then you add Travis Whitlake, you have Anthony Montalvo, you add Marsden. And then at those 74, 84 weights, and then hopefully they get a Preston Weigel healthy and they have a Derek White, who is going to be ranked in the top eight. I mean, they'll have guys either ranked or 
former All-Americans or junior world champions in like nine, maybe 10 weights. You know, I mean, if they go some combination of, say, Pitch, Fix, Gefeller, Boo, Geo, Chandler, Joe, Jacoby, Weigel, White, Weigel would probably be the lowest ranked guy because he went two and out at nationals. And if you ranked him based on being a returning All-American, their entire team would be ranked in the top eight or nine. Yeah, I think he left Cade it, Brock it out of there too, but I, probably not intentionally. But uh, No, no, yeah, right. Uh, yeah, he'd be right. Yeah, I, but somebody's going to be out of that mix, right? That's yeah, what's crazy. Their, their, their B team is going to be one of the best B teams in the country, right? They, you know, if there's a B team national championship, they'd be in the title mix, I think. Undoubtedly. Them and Penn State. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, they feel like a team that scored 35 point, points, excuse me, that could score 100 and wouldn't be crazy. So, I mean, talk about a team. You've said this two or three times about the teams we've talked about that you're like, it felt weird to have them ranked this low. I remember probably every other week saying to you, like, I, I just think I have Oklahoma State ranked too low, but I just – I can't rank, rank them higher based on the laundry, you know? But they feel like they're in a really good position to bounce back, don't you think? Absolutely. I mean, they were ranked third at one point in the season pretty comfortably in third without fix. And then... And without, yeah. and without Joe. Yeah, yeah. It's, yeah. You, know, you know, David, I, I, the thing that is stuck in my head, I, I, I think of a baseball analyst that, that I value his analysis... And one of the things that he says is once you've displayed a skill, you own it. And they have displayed that they were, you know, we, we had them third in the rankings. That was with Heil at number one. But if Cade Brock is in the mix, you know, is wrestling on Saturday night next year in Pittsburgh, is that going to shock anybody? No, is Fix, you know, wrestling on Saturday night. In Pittsburgh, going to shock anybody? No. Same thing with with Piccinini. If he's at twenty five, he's certainly viable top four contender there. I mean, he was what fourth uh, as a freshman, and and only lost to Gilman. Yeah, and so yeah, you know, there's a lot of guys like this. The thing to me, you wonder is is where does Joe Smith fit into their plans? Where you know, what weight class is he going to be at? Is he, you know, is there any way they can get him down to fifty fifty seven? I don't know. Uh, if not, does he go 65? Does he go 74? What happens to Chandler Rogers? Uh, to me, there's probably not, not a more fascinating team to see how the pieces fit together for next season than Oklahoma state because of all the things that you just laid out. You know, there's so many options <laughs> at so many and guys that could go to different weight classes. Like I I'm super fascinated to see what this lineup looks like next March when they're getting ready for the big 12 championships. Yeah. I mean, when you say, okay, like normally when you say we can put this guy out or this guy out, like, you know, like I heard the Dallas Cowboys coach going like, we like our competition, a wide receiver. I mean, generally that means you don't, you have garbage wide receivers, you know, like, you know, nobody's competing with Antonio Brown and, you know, those kind of guys for their spot, but like, well, we could have a wrestle off between pitch and fix. Well, that would be really rough. And then we're going to have the, the loser's going to bump up and wrestle off Cade Brock. And the loser that's going to bump up and wrestle off Caden Gefeller. And the loser that's going to bump up and wrestle the winner of Bulu Wallen and Gio Martinez. 
And then one of those guys is going to bump up and either have the spot up a weight or have to wrestle off Joe Smith. And then Joe Smith, if he doesn't make that, is going to wrestle off either Chandler Rogers or Jacoby Smith. I mean, those wrestle-offs are just ridiculous in the first seven weight classes. And, I mean, Oklahoma State has a history of starting freshmen, too. So, I mean, Travis Whitlake is pretty dang good. You know, like, he's probably as highly regarded as Mikey Labriola was coming out this year. And Labriola beat Jacoby Smith. So, I mean, fascinating is the right word. And I think no matter how we tried to guess it, we would probably be wrong on this. So I'm really, really interested in, in seeing how it goes. And, you know, I'm going to be down in Stillwater for the Hall of Fame. I don't know if I'll be able to get any intel, but I'm certainly going to poke around and ask. That's for sure. All right, David, we're running out of time here, but uh, you got a big time Matt chat guest. They don't get much bigger than this coming up this weekend. Yeah, really blessed to have Jordan Burroughs on a video match chat, and he did it alongside Coach Manning, and they were great. Uh, you know, they, it was just they're you know Jordan's obviously so polished, and you've talked about that. We tried to ask a few questions, maybe hasn't been asked, but really kind of focused on the relationship that those two have and the respect they have for each other, and it was really cool to ask one about the other and listen you know, listen to one answer while watching the other guy's reaction. So uh, I'm, I'm excited to watch it again, you know, cause you don't get to really, you know, you're trying to focus on asking great questions and provide great content. So I'm going to really enjoy watching that one, but those guys could not have been more hospitable to us. And uh, I'm really looking forward to, to, to seeing and listening to that. Yeah. And special thanks to Chance Leonard company too, for helping make that happen. Right. Yeah, Price a Legacy movie, that's exactly right. And those guys are doing big things down in Oklahoma. And uh, they definitely, you know, you know, they were on board with us doing that interview. And so, yeah, big, big shout out to Chance. Really appreciate it. Well, as I mentioned, we got uh, a lot of stuff coming up on track wrestling here next week. European Championships, Pan Am Championships uh, coming down here in the next uh, couple weeks. Uh, certainly a lot of content going up on the site as well from the Western Regional U.S. Open. Kyle Klingman will be out there. David Mercatani, you'll be out there. Uh, in addition to that interview with Jordan Burroughs, we've got uh, Becca Leathers, 2017 World Bronze Medalist, as our guest for this week's edition of On the Mat with myself and Kyle Klingman. Uh, so be sure to check that out as well. Anything else for us, David, before we sign off and you hit the road for Vegas? No. Always split aces and eights. <laughs> All right. You heard it. You heard it there. So thank you very much, David. Safe travels. Enjoy your time out in Vegas. And we'll be back to talk some more wrestling, recap the Open, preview the Continental Championships next week on Weighing In.